Hi, I'm Jesse, and welcome to Red Cloaks Radio, where we are counting down to see if the Massachusetts legislature will or will not pass the ROW Act in this session. Today is July 30th. We had an interesting development yesterday because the House took a vote, a unanimous vote, that they would extend their formal session. So we're waiting today to see what the Senate does. And we've got a really exciting guest today. We have Jaylon Rowe with us, who we will say hello to in a moment. And joining me as our co-host today are... Martha from the Boston Red Cloaks. Karen from the Boston Red Cloaks. I am happy to introduce Jaylon Rowe. She is running for state rep in 12th Worcester. That com comprises Berlin, Boylston, Clinton, Lancaster, Northborough, and Sterling, quite a large swath of beautiful country out there. Mm -hmm. And we are looking at her, her candidacy, as well as uh, the path that she's taken that has brought her to want to run for office and support women's issues. Welcome, Jaylon. Thank you so much for having me today. Our pleasure. My first question is, we heard that you were, you worked on the Metro West Commission. Can you tell us about your work there and how did you become an advocate for women? So my journey to advocating for women's rights really began about 20 years ago. I was in high school. I saw boys always groping girls in the hallways in my high school and I thought, this is not okay. Why is nobody standing up and saying this is wrong? Why are these boys not being punished? And I got angry, so I started a young women's club uh, at my high school. And it was during that time that I found out one out of four American women are in an abusive relationship, whether physically, emotionally. And so I got infuriated and I said, well, that's not okay. So I wanted to do something about it. And I hosted a, a conference talking about domestic violence against young girls at the age of 18. I then... I, I studied political science and international affairs at Northeastern. I met my husband the very first day at orientation. Um, I worked at the Office for Refugees and Immigrants, and I took the job knowing that I was going to get thousands of dollars less than the guy who had it before me. I did not feel that I had the right to speak up. I thought, oh, I should just be grateful. You know, this is, you know, whatever. Um, and then come to find out that that's not, you know, that that wasn't okay. And other women were going through that. I saw that there was an equal payday um, advocacy day at the state house. I didn't know anybody at the time. I just showed up because I didn't want other women to go through what I went through. Um, and then it was there that I found out about the Massachusetts Commission on the Status of Women. And then I found out about the Metro West Commission on the Status of Women. And so I applied to be a commissioner and it was by far the, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, I'm a child of immigrants. And when you're a child of immigrants, it's sometimes tricky to find your place in the world where um, you don't know where you belong. And so the Metro's Commission on the Status of Women and my sister commissioners are really one of the first places where I felt like I truly belonged because we really just are a badass group of women who want <laughs> uh, more progressive policies passed at the state house. And what I mean by that is just this past February, we hosted um, Breaking the Cycle of Shame event where we talked about the Roe Act. We have phenomenal speakers. Representative Lewis was there. Representative Maria Robinson was there. Planned Parenthood was there. We talked about the Roe Act. We talked about child marriage is still legal in Massachusetts. We talked about the I am bill, um, that we should have free menstrual products in schools and in prisons and women's shelters. We talked about the Healthy Youth Act. I mean, yeah. People don't, people often associate Massachusetts as being super progressive and everything's great and women have rights and 
but I'm, if you actually look at our laws, we have a long way to go. So uh, my activism really has, 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 uh, has, has has happened for the past 20 years. Um, and it's one of the reasons why I'm running for office. And I'm so, so proud to be endorsed by the Massachusetts Women's Political Caucus because mm. of all that work. We didn't know about that. We know about Jamie Eldridge and John Lewis and a couple of others. So that's, that's a wonderful tribute to your work and your enthusiasm. Thank you. You have a lot there to unpack, which is really awesome. Um, when you talked about getting angry even as a teen, it's really interesting because teens have this dynamic energy and they're ready to go. So it sounds like you tapped into that. And there are a lot of people who are really angry right now. It's interesting you chose to step up to run for office. So can you tell us how you, you know, when was your click moment that this is something you had to do? So with the commission, we actually host so many events and we attend events and I just kept seeing um, Senator Eldridge, Representative Lewis, Representative Maria Robinson. I keep seeing the same legislators over and over and over again at our events. And then I look at my district, I'm like, where's my legislator? I mean, we literally hosted a teen sexting event and, and talking about teen sexting, uh, the legislation here in Northboro, and he did not show up and his staff did not show up. And I kept saying, this is not okay. And then I, I found out that he wasn't a full-time legislator and I, that bothered me. And so um, it really has been part of the North Royal Democratic Town Committee. We've been talking for many years about our frustrations that more progressive policies aren't being passed. And I've been hearing a lot of people upset. And so in November, I launched my campaign actually on my birthday, my 38th birthday on November 12th to go against an incumbent who has been in office for 26 years and didn't have a primary challenger in 12 years. Mm -hmm. And since then, he, he's no longer in the race. Um, I have new opponents, but I will argue that I am by far the most progressive person in this race and someone who has a history of standing up and speaking up. Um, and we need the right type of women at the state house, one who, the ones who are brave enough to fight for the Roe Act and the Healthy Youth Act and so many others. The Healthy Youth Act, it's come up multiple times and failed to move across the finish line. So as someone who's a mom and you're involved in your PTA, it seems like you're comfortable talking about, let's say, reproductive rights. So the Healthy Youth Act, I think, as a mom with a 12-year-old who's about to turn 13 and uh, almost 11-year-old is really important to me because I want my children to have as many tools as possible for them to then go out in the world, right? And so for them to have sex education, for them to have healthy relationship education, you know, is really important to me. Um, we talk about domestic violence, that one out of four women are in abusive relationships, and that statistic hasn't changed in 20 years. Well, then the question is, what are we doing about it? And what can we do at earlier ages to ensure that people understand what healthy relationships really look like? And I, I would argue high school is too late, college is too late. We really need to get, get it in the middle school ages. So my, I actually, uh, my treasure for my campaign was my uh, son's teacher. I, I actually, uh, there was weekend classes on, on uh, um, talking about uh, sex education, healthy relationships um, this past winter that I had him attend because I, I didn't feel like the, the school's uh, program was robust enough. And so um, it's not something that I just talk about. It's something that I am actually doing. And I want that accessibility to all children. And if there are parents that feel strongly that kids shouldn't be learning about this at school, they can opt out their child. But at, 
I would argue that at our event, at the Breaking Cycle of Shame event, we talked about at the age of 11, children are starting to watch pornography. So, you know, we have to get them before they think that porn is, is, is how, you know, is, is normal. And they need to understand what, they need to understand um, what it really is, what, what a relationship really is. Jaylon, why do you think it's taking so long for the state house legislature to actually move on these bans and barriers? A couple of years ago, they passed the Nasty Women Act, and they did that in like 20 minutes, and Governor Baker considered it an emergency. He had no problem signing it so that the law, for example, that says that said unmarried women could not get birth control, that was considered an emergency situation. We had to pull that out right away. And so right away that was those bans and barriers were removed. Now we still have these other laws that really discriminate against the the marginalized, the women and girls without protective homes without means, without information about abortion health care. Do you think it's time that we started to teach perhaps old, old seminars for the men and some women in the state house? Absolutely. So what I've been saying for the past eight months is that I commit to being a full-time legislator. I signed the transparency pledge because I really do think that we should hold our elected officials accountable for how they're voting in committees. And I've committed myself to being accessible. So for the past eight months, I've hosted meet and greets before COVID. Even now, every Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., I have a meet and greet on Zoom. I think it's not just for the people at the state house. It's the responsibility of the legislators to be hosting these types of events educating their constituents about what the bill really is and what it isn't. You know, as soon as I talk about healthy youth and sex education to some people, they're like, I don't know if I want my kids to really learn about that. I said, well, you could opt your child out if you really want to. However, here's all the reasons why I think it's important for them to at least understand what it, you know, what, you know, the benefits of just having all the knowledge and then they could decide for themselves what's best for them and their families, right? Um, and so educating the constituents, I think is, is vital. And we need more legislators actually doing that, hosting town halls, hosting meet and greets to break all the stereotypes of these bills. Totally agree, absolutely. You have talked about advocating for teens. What I've heard is one of the parts of the Roe Act is that teens have to go before a judge. So what would be your idea on that part? Or how would you advocate towards the Roe Act on that issue? So I remember being a teenage girl and, you know, just trying to navigate life and, and my body and then to have to go in front of a judge um, is just terrifying, right? Um, if I wanted an abortion. Um, and so that law really needs to change. And it, it's really girls of color, right, who, who are going before these judges. Um, a lot of um, just the bar we need to remove the barriers that women are having throughout their lives. And the question is, why does this keep coming up? Why, why is it always women trying to fight for their autonomy over themselves and their bodies? And so we really, the Roe Act has to pass. The majority of the girls that are going before these judges are 16 and 17 year old girls, and they're girls of color. And it's just an unnecessary barrier for them. And it, 
this this bill really needs to pass. We need to stand up for these girls who who really need this type of support, who are making decisions for themselves. We need to stop having these barriers of women having autonomy over themselves. So that's why I'm a huge supporter of the Roe Act. Also, I I think all one of the things that needs to change is that they ask them if they are uh, mature enough to get an abortion. And that shouldn't be the question. The question should be, are you mature enough to be a mother for life, yes. to care for this child, or to be able to give it up for adoption? That's the thing that is always bother me when I hear about this. It's that you, that's the wrong question. It's not if you are able to get an abortion. Are you able to be a mother for life? Because there's no snooze button on a child. And also our judges shouldn't be making healthcare decisions for 16 and 17 year old girls. That is a decision for themselves. Yeah. And, and they can go to doctors if we remove the judicial yeah. bypass instead of who would well go to said, a judge well decide said. anything about their health care. I have a question about another facet of your experience, Jaylon, and that is the entrepreneurship that you have been involved with, starting your own business. And I, did, I would be interested in that story. Did it help you feel empowered? Did it help you feel in control of something? I had a business um, prior to launching my campaign called Trendy Napkin, where it was a socially responsible business. We, we sold products with inspiring quotes, whether it was totes, whether it was journals, and sometimes handmade items from women all over, in rural areas of the world. And we donated a percentage of our profits to, for the first few years, it was to help refugee women become self-sufficient. And then last year, it was to a program called Girl Up, which is part of the United Nations, and it helps adolescent girls develop their leadership skills. There's 16 chapters here in Massachusetts. I would love for every high school to have a Girl Up program. They actually have um, an annual leadership conference in Washington, D.C., where they have uh, Michelle Obama as a speaker. They had um, Meghan Markle as a speaker. It's a phenomenal program. And so I created this business because I truly, truly, truly really want to, I, I love, I love being part of this um, world of women and helping each other and supporting each other. It is, it is who I am. It is a core foundation of who I am. Um, I had the pleasure of being a speaker at the Metro, uh, excuse me, at the Massachusetts Conference for Women in the Small Business Roundtable. I've been a board member for She's Local, which we've hosted um, conference, women's conferences throughout Massachusetts, um, talking about very entrepreneurship, talking about the next stages of a woman's life. You know, I'm, I'm all about uh, removing barriers that women are having, whether it's going back into the workforce, whether it's starting a business, whether it's the ROAC, whether it's access to, you know, education. However, it is just a, a true passion of mine and has been um, since I was a little girl. One of the things that we notice is that the Roe Coalition formed and grew up to having 80 different organizations all working together. And it seems like that's been missing in the state. There hasn't really been a single way that women from all different uh, businesses or different perspectives could join in a network. So I'm wondering if you're elected, what are some ways that you think you could help foster that network? Oh, <laughs> I, I can't wait, to, you know, I would love to meet more members of these organizations and I'm so grateful that Karen reached out to me and, and, and I had that opportunity to meet all of you. 
I would love the opportunity if being a legislator, you know, once hopefully we COVID times are over that we actually have more opportunities to network, to build coalitions. This, the, if we build our coalitions, we could get these types of legislation passed, the ROE Act, um, the Healthy Youth Act, the IM Bill, and so forth. These coalitions are so important. And, and what's special about the ROE Act coalition is we finally realize our power, right? We finally realize that we, could, we are stronger together in our advocacy and that we are going to have an impact. People are paying attention, as they should. And so I hope that we build these coalitions uh, in the coming years for more legislation. I have a comment, if I may, before we, <laughs> before, we, before we go. I was really impressed when I spoke with you yesterday. We were talking about filling up the state house. And I said, with more women. And you said, with more brave women. Yeah. And I thought, I will start putting that word in, in front of woman every time I say woman now. Thank you for that. Thank you. There, there's a difference. And so I would argue I have a history of being a brave a woman who really had the support of so many other brave women. And yeah. I really hope to be at the State House fighting for, fighting for our rights. If you could let us know uh, again about the program you said for women in the high school. What is exactly the name so we can post it? And because I think that is very important. Girls in high school need to know that there are things they can do or go to to feel safe Absolutely. and empowered. It's called Girl Up, G-I-R-L-U-P. Um, and what's so great about the high school girls is they are so eager to get politically engaged. They have no idea where to start. And so we have these pieces of legislation that need advocates. We have a group of young girls who want to advocate. We need to like let them know about all these, these pieces of legislation. So I think it would be a wonderful partnership to get them involved in, our, in this coalition of badass women. <laughs> And we can mentor them. That's what we need. They need mentorship. We need we need young people who have the energy, right? Uh, totally. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. That's so exciting. You're you're just a trip. You're wonderful. Thanks. We really appreciate your taking time out. We know you've got a lot to do in the next five weeks. We look forward to watching your campaign. And if you can let people know, where can they learn more about you? At rowforrep.com. That's R-O-W-E-F-O-R-R-E-P.com. And Great. You. And we'll put that link out there. Thank you again very much. Thank you for being with us. Yes. Thank you so much for being with us today. It's a pleasure to know you. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really appreciate it.